Hello, and welcome to Nixa Talk, the podcast where luminaries from across the asset management industry share their stories, expertise, and lessons they learned along the way. Nixa is a not-for-profit trade association connecting all facets of the global asset management industry. I'm with Nixa, and I'm Justine Phoenix. And today, I'm excited to welcome Scott Brady, Head of Product Development and Strategy at Columbia Threadneedle. Scott is also the chair of Nixa. And association work is something that is not new to Scott. Over his career, he was active in SIFMA while he was at Merrill Lynch. He was also active in several ICI committees and was on the board of Expect Miracles for two full terms and now serves as emeritus on the board of Expect Miracles. So welcome, Scott. Thank you, Justine. So we're going to start off today's episode with the 10-second challenge. So in 10 seconds or left, describe your professional role. It can be the role you play within Columbia Threadneedle or within the industry. Try not to use your title or job description, but really, what do you go to work today every day hoping to accomplish? So, okay, 10 seconds. Ready, go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My team is responsible for aligning the needs of our clients with the investment capabilities of Columbia Threadneedle and our products. All right, great. So let's let's go next. Talk a little bit about your personal journey. I think uh, you know it, it's always so interesting to hear about how how people got to where they got to, and that's actually how I'm going to start. The first question is, how did you get here? Not how did you get to your office today, but uh, what brought you here? So I am uh, I'm from Rhode Island. Uh, my I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have uh, my career take me to a, a variety of other great places. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida, being one. Uh, Freehold, New Jersey, being another. Uh, and most recently, a, a very small town in Massachusetts called Norfolk. All right. So, um, so let's talk a little bit then about your educational path. Was it what you would describe as a traditional education path, or sort of talk a little bit about your your education? Yes, very traditional path for my uh, my education. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to uh, finish high school with good enough grades and qualifications to be able to get into Boston College. And, uh, and it was in Boston College that um, I got my first glimpse into the financial services industry. What was the next step on your path? Like, how did, where did you start out? And, and, where, and along the way, were there people that helped you along the way too? Two things I'll highlight. First, the path. Uh, I actually started working in the industry before I even left Boston College. Um, most folks go out of their way to enjoy their senior year as much as possible in college, knowing that work is looming on the other side of their graduation. Um, I couldn't wait. And so uh, the second half of my senior year, I actually took on an internship uh, in a branch office for a, a broker dealer in downtown Boston. And so I would commute from Boston College into downtown Boston a few days a week. Um, and I was, uh, I was interning in the branch. And once I graduated college, I moved back to Rhode Island and I would commute from Rhode Island into that same branch every single day, um, continuing my efforts to learn as much as I could about financial services and support the financial advisors that I was working for. What was next after, the, after working at the branch? That experience in the branch is what allowed me to discover asset management. Oh, I, uh, okay. Okay. I was unaware... Of, of asset management, I, I viewed financial services as really just being firms like my former employer and, uh, and really all intermediaries. And it was, it was actually from my, my year's worth of experience uh, working in the branch that asset management popped up and uh, I was very intrigued by it. And so I, uh, 
I ended up transitioning to um, Putnam and uh, and going into the call center. And uh, I will say, what an amazing way to learn this industry um, is uh, is sitting in the chair of a uh, of a call center because you you you're going to get every curveball possible thrown at you, and yeah. you need to be prepared to know the answer. So it was it was awesome. Oh, that's great. Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of a combination of products and people too, right? You've got your, your, you're learning as much as you can about, you know, your own products, but also how to deal with people and, and work with people. That's great. Without a doubt. I mean, I, I learned a lot in the branch office that allowed the, uh, the people part to be very, very portable, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, there's not a day that goes by that you don't learn something new about people and, uh, and about the industry. And that was definitely the case with that job at Putnam. So, you know, we talk a lot about um, sort of mentorship, um, allyship, and the importance of having someone help you um, along your career path. Is there anyone or any, you know, particular group of people or in, in, in general that you would say, geez, they, they really helped me along and how, how did they help you in your career? The, the first answer I'll, I'll give is, is probably one that, uh, that's a, a, a bit hokey, but I'll start with my parents. My, my parents had me um, very, very young. And, um, you know, the, the, the start, especially for us as a family, was very, very challenging. And I learned from my parents very early on that if there's something that you really care about and there's something that you want, hard work and dedication and commitment are the only ways that you're going to be able to get it or at least have a chance of succeeding at getting it. Um, and that, that hat stayed with me throughout. It, it, it helped get me through school and helped get me into Boston College, that work ethic. Um, and quite frankly, it's something that I, I, I carried forward into my career and um, and I still carry forward to this day. So you know, I'm very proud of what my parents have been able to accomplish and the fact that they've been able to walk the walk as it relates to um, you know hard work and the commitment and dedication toward particular goals. Um, those are the things that that have really been the foundation of anything that I've aspired toward in uh, in both my personal life as well as my career. The other thing I will say outside of my parents, and again, I know that was a, a bit of a hokey answer, but no, um, I have I have been very, very fortunate to meet um, a variety of, of wonderful people in the industry. And the one thing that uh, I think I touched on a minute ago about how you never you never go a day without learning something new about people in this industry. You know, to me, I think that that is important. And I view anybody and everybody that I have a chance to work with. Um, I view all of them as as mentors, and I've had the opportunity to watch some very very senior folks in um, in the industry um, navigate through some things that I felt were incredibly impressive, and I've been able to take things away from that. I've watched folks when I was in the call center um, do things that I felt were very impressive, and I learned from that as well. And so I've watched people as as part of uh, what I think is the ongoing uh, requirement of learning every day. Uh, to make sure that I always find one thing that somebody did uh, that I will either try and add to my repertoire or just as importantly, seeing somebody do something that I uh, I realize I probably should not have in my repertoire. And to me, um, those are some of the most important ongoing learnings that I've had. So it's a constant journey of learning. That's exactly right. Any surprises along your journey? That's a great question. You know, there there are there are always uh, things that that surprise you. There are always curveballs. Um, I would say that there are there are probably too many to list. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think the um, you know going back to some of the things that I've said before, those those surprises are oftentimes the things um, that give you an opportunity. 
um, the opportunity to really dig your heels in, the opportunity to learn more, the opportunity to collaborate and work with others. And those things on the other side of them, whatever they may be, um, you have the ability to look back on and say, this was a critical thing as part of my career journey. Um, and so I, um, while surprises may not always be pleasant at the time, um, they generally are beneficial in hindsight if, uh, if you've been able to collaborate and execute on them. Yeah. And I think it's great advice for anybody uh, who's going through something right now. And there's, they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling their challenge and just knowing that um, there'll, there'll be another side to this. So there'll, there'll be a path and it may be something that may turn out to be good for you in the end. But sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really sure. tough. So That's exactly right. Hey, let's focus a little bit on uh, the now. What are the things that you're working on uh, within, you know, uh, product development at, at Columbia Threadneedle? What's sort of important for the industry, maybe an overall industry look from your perspective? You know, the, the, the easy answer is responsible investing. I know that um, that's, that's what everyone talks about. And clearly, um, that is something that is, uh, that's on our radar. We are a global firm mm-hmm. uh, and we have um, very strong resources and capabilities when it comes to supporting responsible investing. But I won't drill too far in there. And instead, I will note, you know, specific to the U.S. retail market space, we continue to hear a lot of demand for an interest in things that fall under the broader managed account umbrella. So things like separately managed accounts, model portfolios, direct indexing, all three of those pillars, um, we, uh, we are listed in, uh, in industry statistics as a top provider um, based upon assets in each of those three categories. And so it's really spending time engaging our clients, understanding not only what it is that they're really looking for now, but you know how they see their platforms evolving in the future and making sure that we're doing what we can to align ourselves and prepare ourselves to be there when the, when the puck gets there for our clients. How about, and just overall for the industry in general, uh, just maybe a, an outlook. So uh, you mentioned responsible investings, uh, managed accounts. Any other trends that you think that we should be thinking about? You know, I the the one other thing that um, that I I think is going to be a a big changer um, for the industry or a driver of change for the industry is the ongoing adoption of um, financial planning and goals oriented infrastructure that intermediaries are bringing forward to continue to support their financial advisors um, and the ongoing discussions about things like retirement and retirement income. It's uh, it's amazing to see how far we as a an industry have gone from being very transactional maybe twenty or thirty years ago uh, to being um, very investment advisory focused, very goals focused, uh, and I think that has been a game changer and will continue to be uh, not only for the industry but for the clients. And by that I mean it is going to change the way that we are delivering our thought leadership as asset managers to intermediaries as the industry evolves. Is it? Are we going more to much more customization and personalization when you when you talk about retirement or you talk about you know sort of really focusing on the goals of the investor? That yeah. almost leads me to think it's more of a customized approach. It I, that absolutely is um, one of the leading things that I think um, is becoming seemingly more and more prevalent in the conversations that uh, that we're having, um, and I think that's a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. it really allows individuals with their individual goals and needs and unique situations to all come forward and really allow their financial advisor and their firm to be able to bring their best thinking combined with ours to help them achieve their goals. And when you think about it, what an amazing impact that means 
um, that that we as an industry are part of. I mean, we are we are helping to support every individual client achieve their goals to the best of their abilities. Um, and to me, that's incredibly impactful. Yeah, I've always been most proud of that. I worked for you know for MFS. I worked for uh, Fidelity Investments, and I always felt so proud that that that's you know we were helping people achieve their goals. So we're gonna go back kind of on a reflective phase. What career advice would you give to your younger self today? Quite honestly, is uh, it's it's very consistent with the career advice I give to others uh, when I have an opportunity to uh, to have this conversation. If there were two things that I would I would let folks know that I firmly believe in, um, they are as follows. Number one, um, I'm a huge, huge believer in workplace karma and industry karma. You know, I mentioned earlier um, that uh, every day I I watch the things that people do and I identify things that um, I'd like to take away from those interactions and, and add to my repertoire. And equally, there are things I see people do that I say to myself, Boy, I should never do that ever. Um, from my experience, both ends of that spectrum are the things that that people remember. Um, and I have seen over the course of my career, there have been folks that have said, "Hey, I remember something that you did, you know, however long ago," and they held on to that. And I never really appreciated it at the time. I was just trying to do a good thing for somebody. Uh, and the fact that that it came back. Um, has been um, very, very powerful for me. And it's the kind of behavior that I, I look to continue to echo. And so where I can um, be a good teammate, be a good partner, uh, be a good friend to people in the industry, um, to me, there's nothing but upside and good karma that comes from that. And equally, I have seen and heard some of the comments and uh, the feelings that people have when they are treated in a way that they do not feel is something that is aligned with good partnership, friendship, et cetera. I mean, at the, the end of the day, I would like to be a person that is viewed as being a good person to win with versus me being a person that wins against somebody else or despite somebody else. And it's a, it's a meaningful difference. So workplace karma is a big one for me. The second one, which I think is related, uh, but different, and that is establishing your personal brand and your personal network. To be in a situation in this industry where you have the ability to pick up a phone and call someone at a firm that is your client, at a firm that is your competitor, and to be able to ask a question, to ask for help, to ask for guidance, um, that's invaluable. And uh, that, that kind of access is, uh, is something that, that really becomes more and more valuable the more that you're able to refine it and maintain it. So I would say... For those folks that are interested, establish your brand, establish your network. And your network is not just the number of people that you have on your LinkedIn profile. You have to actually spend time working your network. Talk to the people that are in your network. Wish them happy birthday once a year, whatever it is that you need to do, but make sure that your your network stays evergreen and that folks in your network feel as though your relationship is a two-way street and not a uh, a one-way take. As having been a beneficiary of your good karma, I certainly have appreciated it. Uh, but look, you know, you work very hard at Columbia Threadneedle every day, right? And the dedication you give to Nixa, the work that you've done for SIFMA, for the ICI, you know, for Expect Miracles, that takes a lot of time, right? So what you're saying is you need to put the time in, but 
you'll get the value of it, the benefit of it. It means a personal commitment and you certainly have made that. And we certainly here at Nixa appreciate what you've, what you've done for us. Very kind of you, Justine. You, uh, <laughs> Nixa is awesome and you are the best. So you, you guys make it very, very easy for me to partner with you all and be friends. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Scott, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Justine. Thank you. Our listeners can connect with me and the rest of the Nixa team at linkedin.com forward slash Nixa. Please send us feedback on what you found useful, how we can improve and recommendations for future guests. And subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you won't miss upcoming episodes. Visit nixa.org to learn how you can join or get more involved if you're already a member. Until then, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Nixa Talk. Nixa is a trade association connecting the global asset management community. Please note the Nixa Talk podcast is the sole property of Nixa. The content of the podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute advice or services. Guests' opinions and statements are their own and do not represent the organizations with which they are associated. Parties may not reproduce these podcasts in any form without the express written consent of Nixa. 